Hey everyone, I'm Russ Willett from PipesAndCigars.com and welcome to PNC's Talking Tobacco Live. Um, so, uh, of course, now that we're past Halloween and into the month of November, for those of us who are in the retail business, uh, that means that uh, the holiday season is underway uh, and we've got all kinds of things planned for folks. So we're looking forward to uh, some, some deals and uh, some new items. And hello, David, Scott, and Buck. Glad to have you with me here today. Um, so on top of um, Christmas season and uh, everything that comes with it, um, it also means that we're, we're going to be looking at new products down the road. And I'm going to talk about a couple of those today. Um, so let's uh, take a look at what's happening on PNC first. And uh, then later on, what I'm going to talk about is the tobacco itself and what factors affect how it burns. Um, sometimes uh, people will blame the wrong thing uh, for a problem. Um, somebody had, had mentioned that they just tried a new tobacco for the first time and they were commenting on how harsh it was. And I asked the person, you know, when they were smoking and they said, well, I loaded up a bowl before I went into work, and uh, and so I drove on my way in and, and smoked the bowl. And I said, you know, where you smoke is going to have an impact. And being distracted while you're driving, and um, maybe you get into some traffic, and it's got you a little tense and you're puffing too hard. Smoking in a car is not the best place to evaluate a new tobacco. And, um, you know, I said, give it a try again, but, you know, do it at home when you're sitting down after dinner and, and see what happens. And as it turned out, um, you know, that made a difference. Uh, the person actually enjoyed the second bowl. So that's what we're going to look at, where the leaf itself impacts the heat uh, when you smoke. So that's, that's for later. But as for right now, uh, let's take a look at what's happening on PNC. And here we go. 
So this week's pipe of the week is the Stanwell pipe of the week, uh, pipe of the year for 2023. Um, this is a new, rather unique shape. Um, first new shape that Stanwell has introduced in, in quite some time. Uh, and uh, they, as usual, come in a variety of finishes. And they also uh, come with an engraved silver band. Uh, so uh, we have them starting at eighty-two forty-nine, and part of the reason that we're running this special now is because the twenty twenty-four pipes are on their way. So we want to clear it out. Uh, as many of the 2023s as we can before the new ones arrive. And it is another new shape for 2024, but I can't get into details right now. Um, but this is our pipe of the week uh, this week. When you consider that uh, these pipes um, were all around and over a hundred dollars, um, getting yours for eighty-two forty-nine is quite nice. And the the chamber on this pipe is um, fairly big. I mean, it's about average diameter, but. Uh, the bowl of the bowl is rather tall, so the chamber is deep and uh, has that unique uh, cutty acorn uh, tulip uh, type shape. I mean, it's, it's hard to describe, uh, but it's a beautiful organic shape. Uh, I really love the, uh, the 2023 that I own and... Um, like all Stanwell's, um, it smokes like a champ. And as I mentioned, we're now in the holiday mode. The Christmas pipe sale is on now. We've got over 45 pipes in there. Uh, a lot of major brands. And then on top of uh, discounts, some of the items have upgrades where maybe for an extra $5, you get a pouch or something like that, or a uh, pipe stand or an ashtray. Anyway, there, there are upgrades and bonus items uh, that you can uh, get on some of these pipes as well. So it's it's double the, the savings in that case, but there are uh, some beautiful pipes in this sale. So you're definitely going to want to take a look at our Christmas pipe sale. Some of them are uh, targeted Christmas pipes, um, like the Viking Christmas pipe that you see in the very front of the image. Um, and some of them are more Christmas-themed uh, by the fact of the color or something like that. 
but there's some uh, really nice pieces, nice prices, and uh, and and great little deals that you can get on these. So uh, definitely worth uh, taking uh, some time and looking at all the options and scrolling through that page. And so, ah, the reason I'm wearing the shirt today is because November's monthly deal is on Cascadia. And so that means that it's 15% off all the tobaccos for the entire month of November. Plus, you'll get the free metal campfire mug. It's enameled. Uh, a campfire mug with the um, white Cascadia logo on the side. And um, it holds, I believe, about 15 ounces. Uh, it's a big mug. Don't put it in the microwave unless you like fireworks. But, um, but I, I like it because it's light, you know, it's, uh, I mean, ceramic mugs can be kind of heavy. It's not like it's a big strain to lift a mug, but uh, it, it's nice to have a light mug. And, and certainly if you are going camping or fishing or whatever, and uh, you're going to be having coffee outside, great for that purpose too and much less likely to uh, break when you drop it on the floor or on the ground. So, um, get get the 15% uh, off, but the free mug applies to the pipes as well. So if you buy a Cascadia Ponderosa pipe, or a Cascadia backpacker, the new backpacker, uh, you'll also get a free mug. So uh, November is Cascadia month, and uh, you'll want to take a look at that. Um, we now have Seattle Pipe Club tobaccos on sale for 15% off. And it says rare savings, and let me explain that to you. Seattle Pipe Club, like um, a number of other uh, brands, has what they call a MAP policy. And MAP stands for Minimum Advertised Price. So if you agree to sell their products, you agree that you will only uh, sell them at a certain price or above. You can't go below that price. Um, and so um, that way everybody's competitive. Um, that means that, uh, you know, we're all going to be right around the same price on these tobaccos. But they do make an exception twice a year. We have to tell. Um, Seattle Pipe Club, when we want to do this uh, two times through the year, 
and they give us a period of time where we can take 15% off. Uh, but it's a very limited time. So if you're a Seattle Pipe Club fan and you think you need to pick some more up, uh, doing it during this period is the best chance you've got to save because as soon as the sale is over, they go back up to their normal price and will stay there until the next time uh, that we get this opportunity. So because it's only twice a year, uh, you, we really recommend uh, Seattle Pipe Club fans stock up while they can because, um, you know, like, like all tobaccos today, um, they're getting pricier because of inflation and, uh, and all the other associated costs. So when you can save 15%, uh, it's definitely a smart idea. So uh, get yours now. Um, then we have aromatics for the fall starting at 422. Um, kind of fall oriented. We, we went for flavors that we thought well with fall. And um, we've, we've got a nice selection of uh, tobaccos in there from a bunch of different manufacturers. Um, so if you're, uh, if you're looking for some nice fall oriented aromatics, uh, take a look at what we've chosen for you and the discounts we've set up uh, and get yourself some because you've only got a little over a month before fall turns into winter, uh, December 21st. David mentioned taxes going up, but he said there's less tax with a 15% discount on the Seattle Pipe Club. He's, he's right there. Uh, when when it's 15% less, you don't pay tax on that savings. So, okay. And now we move on to our tobacco of the week, which is uh, a very obscure uh, tobacco that not very many people know about. It's called Lane 1Q. Uh, and uh, those of you who are uh, uh, experienced pipe smokers know that I'm I'm kidding. Um, Lane One Q is the best-selling bulk tobacco in the United States and has been for a, a number of years. Uh, it's a mixture of light golden Virginia-based Cavendish and uh, Lane's famous Black Cavendish with a uniquely pleasant, mellow aroma and a light, pleasant flavor that's not overly sweet. It's the kind of tobacco you can smoke all day. And if anybody happens to be around you while you're smoking, they're not going to complain. Uh, 1Q has one of the, the nicest, uh, not 
over-the-top aromas in a pipe tobacco. Odds are pretty good when people smell your pipe and go, oh, that reminds me of my father smoking his pipe. It's probably because her father was smoking one cube. Um, yes, but uh, the ladies love it. And uh, they they do. Uh, but so do guys. Uh, it, it's just a really comforting, um, homey type aroma. It's, it's like being in the kitchen when grandma was making. Uh, it's got that kind of uh, aroma and flavor. Uh, and it's on sale this week. Uh, so and 1Q fans jump on this train uh, because this isn't going to last for a long time. Um, and then, as I mentioned before, November's monthly deal is on Cascadia. 15% off all the tobaccos plus the free campfire mug. And the mug is also um, included if you buy a Cascadia pipe. The, um, the Ponderosa is the briar pipe that has that, uh, that coral finish uh, or corallo finish. Um, very, very common uh, in the old days from uh, Italian brands. Uh, but the reason that it was chosen for Cascadia is because it kind of, um, in combination with that chestnut color uh, that they use, uh, it's reminiscent of a pine cone. And so, um, Cascadia, uh, being an outdoorsy brand and Ponderosa being a pine tree, um, it's kind of, uh, kind of a neat little play. Uh, plus it has the green stem, which, uh, goes really well with Cascadia because their colors are, are blue and green. Um, just, uh, a really beautiful pipe and you get a mug when you buy one of those and then the new backpacker the easy to disassemble inexpensive pipe that buck already owns um it, he seems to be enjoying it um you know it, it's light it's short so it's easy to clench and uh and you get the free mug even on those and those only start at 34.99 and so uh, you get a, a nice mug with an inexpensive but great smoking well-made pipe so um take advantage of november's monthly deal uh before it's gone and then my cigar clippings for this week, about time and temperature. This is in reference to uh, storing your cigars um, in the humidor. Um, well, Buck just mentioned he's glad he has his backpackers. 
And, you know, that's, um, that's great. I, I mean, I can talk about it all I want, but you know what? I work for the company that, that sells them and, and everything else. Um, but when you hear it from the people that own them, that, that's the, that's where the rubber meets the road. You know, it's, um, it's funny too. I'm using that phrase because I have, um, I, I, I'll watch, uh, news programs occasionally. And I'm hearing that phrase where the rubber meets the road so commonly, um, today, you know, when, when they're talking about a politician, um, making promises and now that person's elected and now are they going to be able to execute their agenda and you know maybe they're going to have trouble getting their ideas passed through the legislature and they'll, they'll say you know we have a vote this week and that's where the rubber meets the road most of the people who say it have no idea where it came from, but I do because I'm an old fart. And I remember the old Firestone tire commercials and they had even had a little jingle, a jingle and they talked about Firestone where the rubber meets the road. So anyway, about the time and temp on snoring your cigars. Um, the old chestnut about uh, about your humidor is seventy seventy. Uh, keep your cigars at seventy percent relative humidity and seventy degrees Fahrenheit. Um, I'm in agreement and disagreement with that that old song. Um, I find when I store my cigars at 70% relative humidity, they're a little spongy. And I don't like spongy cigars because um, when you puff on some of them, especially if they have a thin wrapper leaf, uh, you'll light up. And, and if you take a good draw on the cigar, you can actually feel it kind of sucking in. Um, the The cigar becomes too soft and then they burn wonky too. Uh, I use an active humidification system in my humidor. Um, the humidification um, in, in my box is set to 67%. And that's when the cigar seemed to draw and burn their best. Now that's, that's my preference. You may find 70 is exactly right. Um, as far as temperature goes, the 70 degrees is a good idea, but it, it's not something that the temperature is less crucial. Uh, the big thing is to stay below 80. 
so, you know, if you have your humidor in a room um, that has a window air conditioner, and when you're not in the room during the summer, you turn it off and that room gets up to 85, 90 degrees, uh, not a good place to keep your humidor because the big issue with temperature is if you have cigars at over 80%, at 80 degrees Fahrenheit, and there are any uh, tobacco beetle larvae in there. And yes, they're there. Um, hopefully they're, they're already dead uh, because most manufacturers today, after um, they come out of the aging room, they take their cigars to a facility to freeze them. It's a very gradual freezing. Uh, you can't you can't flash freeze them because the the wrappers can crack. It but they gradually freeze them and then they gradually bring them back up to temp. Uh, and freezing kills the larvae. But if any survive. When you get above 80%, uh, 80 degrees Fahrenheit, the beetle larvae can hatch and then they'll eat through everything in your humidor. So the key on temperature is keeping it below 80 degrees. So when they say 70 degrees, that's safely below that danger zone of 80 degrees. Um, if it's a little bit cooler than 70 degrees, there's really no harm being done. Um, the, the idea is you don't want to go much above 70 degrees. Uh, my humidor is in a room uh, that never gets that hot because I, I have the air conditioner in here. Uh, but you definitely don't want them getting too hot because that's when all hell breaks loose. Okay, so I'm going to stop sharing because that's everything that's happening on PNC for the week. Um, we had uh, this um, this week a couple of nights ago. Um, a, um, a little get together that we have annually for our company um, because uh, STG um, really wants to see people uh, coming uh, to work here and staying with the company. They, they want it to be a career. And so longevity and uh, loyalty are, are recognized. And um, we have a, a cigar brand called Cinco Vegas or Five Vegas, as some people call it. Um, and, and Cinco Vegas uh, 
was one of our first and one of our our best selling um, brands of uh, private label cigars. So we um, they they decided a while back uh, to create a club uh, called the Cinco Vegas Club. Uh, you know that's really um and if you're with the company uh for five years uh you are a member of the cinco vegas club so every year we have a little get together uh when you hit your five-year anniversary uh they take your uh, they take a, a picture of you and they photoshop you uh, on the body of somebody working in uh, the tobacco business, but older pictures like from the 30s and 40s. And uh, so you get that little memento. And then on top of that, uh, you get to attend this annual event. When you reach 10 years with the company, um, you go into another club uh, called uh, the Cinco Vegas Legends. And um, this year I hit 10 years uh, with STG. And uh, so I went to the event the other night and I got a really beautiful um, hundred count humidor. It's a single Vegas humidor, has single Vegas on the front, and it has this really neat crown, the crown from the logo and on the on the top of the lid. And then it has a nameplate engraved. Um, and you know, so that that was really nice. I got to bring that home the other um, David says he only had trouble with tobacco beetles when he moved and the humidors got warm. Yep, fortunately caught it early and nipped them in the bud. Yeah, I mean, if if we come across a single cigar in the warehouse um, that uh, that has beetle holes in it, uh, everything comes to a halt. Um, they isolate the cigars so that the beetles don't wind up bursting out of the cellophane because they'll eat through cellophane. And, um, you know, they, they need to be isolated. They wind up taking stuff out, um, destroying anything that's got beetle holes and then freezing a bunch of cigars. It's a nightmare. Um, so... It happens maybe once every couple of years, and normally we catch it so fast that nothing happens. But uh, boy, that's a scary thing. Okay, so uh, let's go on to uh, today's subject because. Sometimes the tobacco uh, will burn hot, and we don't know why 
maybe initially. Um, but we'll look at the factors that can affect a tobacco burning hotter than you'd like. Maybe it, it's making the pipe too hot to hold. Maybe it's actually burning your mouth. Uh, we want to put an end to that. So we're going to uh, take a look at a number of things. So the first thing we're going to look at is the cut. The width and length of the cut. I don't think I need to tell anybody that the thinner the tobacco is cut, the faster it'll burn. It's the difference between tinder and kindling. You know, when you build a fire, you've got three uh, factors in, in the construction of a fire. You know, if you're building one from scratch and, you know, this going back to my Boy Scout days, is you need tinder to get things started, kindling to make sure that the fire is sustainable, and then you have your regular wood. So, you know, your, your tinder goes up quickly and it burns out quickly, but it burns fast and hot enough to ignite the the tinder and then the tinder um, is larger cut and burns more slowly giving the bigger pieces of wood time to catch the flame and that's kind of what you're looking at when you look at the cut of your tobacco so a shag tobacco is going to go up really fast. Um, but the um, flake cuts and the rough cuts that the old OTCs always seem to use, that big chunky cuts, they burn nice and slow. So if you take, for example, a straight burly well, even if you cut it fairly thin, um, burly because it doesn't have a lot of sugar, it burns a little cooler to begin with. And because it produces so much smoke, you tend not to smoke it as fast. So those burly blends, the cut is a little less crucial. But at the same time, um, when you uh, you have a blend uh, where, let's say, it's Virginia and Burley. Well, Virginia tends to burn hotter. Um, so if you have a shag-cut Virginia-Burley blend, it can, tain, uh, can tend uh, to burn a little high. Um, but if you have a... Um, if you have a bigger, chunkier cut, well, then now it's going to burn slower. So uh, Virginia Burley blends, I tend to like 
a, a thicker cut um, because I want that to burn slowly because of the Virginians. Um, similarly, you wouldn't want to take Latakia and flake cut it. You wouldn't want uh, to take a steamed black Cavendish and flake cut it because those tobaccos burn slowly to begin with. So if you make the cut too big, you're going to keep relighting because the tobacco won't stay lit. And so that's, that's something that you have to take into consideration too. Um, James, glad to see you. I'm glad you were able to get on board before, uh, before we, uh, we signed off. That's, that's great. Um, welcome aboard. Um, and then also in, in the, the cut aspect is, uh, flakes, any compressed metal. Flakes, coins, um, crumble cakes. Uh, when the pieces of tobacco stick together, they're going to burn more slowly too. So if you have a problem with a, a type of tobacco like a Virginia burning too fast and hot, if you get a Virginia flake, that's going to help. Uh, because if you fold and stuff, um, that method causes the tobacco to burn very slowly, and that'll reduce the temperature. The thing to remember there is that with Virginia flakes, um, they'll still burn hot if you if you uh, puff too hard. Uh, and the smoke on a Virginia flake is going to be rather thin. You're not going to see a lot of smoke coming out when you puff um, and you got to get into the mindset that that's not important. It's the flavor. Are you getting the flavor? Good. Then whether you see a lot of smoke or not, irrelevant. Um, but if you're, if you really need to see that cloud of smoke, you probably want to avoid Virginia's and stick with Burley's and, and, uh, and, and tobaccos that create a good amount of smoke. Um, so the next uh, element uh, that we'll look at is the thickness of the leaf. And again, this is where uh, some of the issues with Virginia versus Burley comes into play. The thickness of tobaccos like Burley, they're fairly thick. Uh, and as with the cut, the thicker the leaf, the slower it burns. Um, anybody who, um, who smokes cigars will know about this. Um, a, uh, a Connecticut shade cigar. Uh, a Cameroon cigar um, are easy to to smoke when you smoke slowly. Um, 
because the wrapper leaf is so thin um, that the wrapper tends to stay lit along with the filler a lot better. You, you normally get a straighter burn uh, out of Connecticut and Cameroons uh, than you will with uh, a uh, Connecticut Broadleaf, for example. Connecticut Broadleaf is a very thick leaf. And um, so you have to watch your cadence when you're puffing on a broadleaf cigar because they can tunnel. And that's when the filler burns, but the wrapper doesn't. And I got to tell you, it's one of the most excruciatingly bad experiences uh, when you smoke a cigar that tunnels because once it it's burning inside the cigar deeper than the burned part of the wrapper. The cigar will get so hot it will fry your mouth. Um, so the thickness of the leaf has an impact. Uh, that's part of the reasons why Burley burns slowly. Virginia's burn fast. Um, the thicker the leaf, the faster it burns. And interestingly, Orientals kind of fall in between. Uh, they're thicker than most Virginias, even though the leaves are quite small. Um, but they're thinner than, than Burleys by quite a bit. Uh, so the thickness of the leaf will have an impact. And then there's also artificial thickness. So what do I mean by artificial thickness? Well, um, Latakia is uh, probably the, the main example here. Uh, they hang uh, oriental leaves, which are of more of a medium thickness, in a barn. They start a fire that produces a lot of smoke with aromatic woods. And then the smoke eventually saturates the tobacco and turns it black. When you pick up some Latakia and rub it in your fingers, you'll notice that the leaf seems rather thick. Part of that is artificial. It's the smoke that's embedded itself into the leaf. <coughs> that adds thickness to the leaf. And that's part of the reason why Latakia burns so slowly. Uh, so a lot of times as a blender, um, I have to pay attention to that. If I'm using a particularly thick leaf, like a Latakia, in a blend, I've got to be cautious. If I use a lot of Latakia in a blend, I better make sure that I get Latakia that's cut thinner. Otherwise, we're going to have problems with the tobacco going out after lighting. Uh, if I'm in, putting together a blend um, where all of the tobaccos are slow burning, 
then in that case, you can go a little thicker. Um, but you have to pay attention to the thickness of the leaf because sometimes you got to balance it out. In a cigarette, they do that using Maryland. Uh, Maryland is kind of an offshoot of Burley. It doesn't have a lot of sugar. It's higher in oil, but it's thinner and lighter in flavor than Burley. And so the, in cigarettes, if the cigarette contains a good amount of Burley, which burns fairly slow, they may add some Maryland to the mix because it will balance out the burn so you won't have burning issues. And we can do the same thing with the cut, the type of tobacco, and and then the proportions. Um, so that's an element that as tobacco blenders, we have to pay a lot of attention to um, because we need a blend that's going to burn evenly and consistently if you come up with a blend that keeps going out or a blend that burns too fast, well, you're going to have problems on, on either side of that fence. You got to be on the fence uh, for everything to work properly. Then the, the uh, next thing to think about is the diameter of the chamber of your pipe. Uh, the narrower the diameter of the chamber, um, the more restricted the airflow is. And when you restrict the airflow, um, the tobacco will burn slower. Uh, and then if you have a larger diameter chamber, like a 7 8 chamber, the tobacco will tend uh, to burn a little faster, a little hotter, uh, because you have more area for air to come in, and so uh, you can you can get better combustion. That's why Latakia blends and uh, more moist aromatics smoke better in something like a 7 eighths chamber pot than Virginia's do uh, because Virginia's burn hotter to begin with. So you put it, you put Virginia's in a wide chamber unless your cadence is really slow. Uh, you're definitely going to fry your tongue. So, uh, you know, for me, um, Virginias are not my bag. I don't smoke a lot of Virginias and Virginia Creeks. You know, I'll, I'll have a couple of bowls a week, but that that's about it because I tend to get distracted and I'll, I'll puff mindlessly at times. And if you do that with a Virginia blend, you, you, it's going to burn up. Um, so the only time I'll smoke a Virginia blend, I do it in a narrow chamber when I have time to sit down, relax, and I'm not going to be interrupted by anything. Because if I am interrupted, then I'm going to wind up puffing too fast and that's it. 
Um, so the diameter of the chamber will definitely have an impact uh, on the heat produced by the tobacco. Where you're smoking will have a difference. If you're smoking anywhere that has airflow, uh, any significant amount of airflow, uh, it's a possibility that it will cause your, your tobacco to burn hotter. So what am I talking about? Well, you go outside and there's a steady breeze that turns into a wind. Um, your tobacco is going to get hot. And in fact, um, the wind can stoke the uh, tobacco up to a temperature high enough that it can damage the, uh, the pipe, especially if you're talking about a cob or a briar. Um, so outdoors can be an issue. That's why God created wind caps. Get yourself a wind cap if you're outside and it's windy. It restricts the amount of air that can come down into the chamber uh, and it disrupts the wind uh, so the pipe won't burn hot. Uh, if you can smoke indoors but you're in a room with a window air conditioner, um, you want to make sure that you're not in the direct flow of the air coming in. Um, if you're in a room with forced air heat, you want to stay out of the direction of the airflow. And if you're in a room with a ceiling fan, don't sit under the ceiling fan. Um, all of those things will cause your tobacco to get hot while you're smoking, even if you're paying attention to your cadence. So where you're smoking will have an impact. Then moisture content. Moisture content has a big impact. Moisture content of pipe tobacco ranges generally from 17 to 22% relative humidity. Um, the 20 to 22% range is where you're going to find a lot of aromatics. You're also going to find um, a lot of tobaccos that contain steamed black cavendish. Um, and you're also going to find uh, that straight black cavendishes are going to fall into that range. In addition, uh, most of the tobaccos in the higher end of the moisture content range will also contain propylene glycol or something along that line, maybe sorbitol, um, as a humectant. A humectant is a, uh, a chemical, but most of them are uh, relatively inert chemicals that, that won't cause harm. Um, 
that will try to stabilize the humidity by drawing in moisture from the ambient atmosphere uh, to maintain the moisture level of what it's applied to. So it helps keep your tobacco fresh. Uh, you don't want to smoke fresh tobacco, but that's the way people term it. Uh, it you know, moist is a better term, but a lot of people don't like the word moist. Uh, anyway, the moisture content will make uh, a significant impact uh, on how a tobacco burns, obviously. The more moist the tobacco, the slower it burns. It also tends to thin out the smoke because steam will mix with the smoke. Um, so those super moist tobaccos don't tend to produce huge clouds of smoke unless they're very moist burlies, for example. Um, if you check uh, my tobaccos, hearth and home tobaccos, uh, for the most part, uh, my tobaccos fall in the 17 to 20% range uh, because I don't like to use propylene glyphol. And uh, so the uh, tobaccos that are in the lower end of that range tend to stay lit without a tremendous amount of work. Um, and you'll have fewer relights. Uh, but people who smoke very fast and hard uh, will find those drier tobaccos are going to burn too hot for them. So that's why you need to pay attention uh, to the moisture content. Uh, no Frenchies, such a great blend. Uh, that once in a while, uh, I'll have a bowl of Frenchies. Uh, for sure, I, I in a, in actuality, the reason that I uh, will occasionally smoke um, Frenchies, Frenchies sons of bitches, um, is because uh, that tobacco has one of the nicest bourbon uh, hints to it. Um, it's a large cut. Uh, Virginia barley blend with some perique, uh, and um, and then it's got this beautiful, um, rich bourbon uh, flavor added to it. Uh, it's actually uh, a, a very flavorful blend um, that smokes pretty easy. It smokes slowly because I use the larger cup with the Virginias. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, an interesting tobacco. It was created specifically to burn a little slower uh, because it, it's the kind of tobacco that can burn hot. And then finally, when we're looking at why a tobacco might burn hot or uh, hotter than you want it to, it might be the pipe. Some pipes tend to smoke hot, and there's not a lot you can do about it. Um, 
you know, it, occasionally a factory will get a bad piece of briar. Um, and you can't tell it by looking at it. You can't tell it by really anything. But maybe um, the wood is too soft. You should be able to tell that by looking at the grain. Um, generally, the looser the grain, uh, the softer the wood tends to be. Um, but when a factory gets a piece of wood like that, uh, they tend to either rusticate that pipe or they'll make it a solid color finish and you can't see the grain, um, but the pipe might still look attractive enough that you buy it. But because of that soft wood, it holds the heat in better. The harder the wood, um, the cooler the pipe tends to smoke. Um, that's one of the reasons why a lot of people say that they, you know, they have pipes that are 30 years old and they smoke incredible. Well, that wood is fully cured. Uh, you know, more than 30 years after it's taken out of the ground, that, that, that wood's had plenty of time to dry and cure. Um, but also it can be not allowing the pipe to rest long enough. So, you know, my rule of thumb is a minimum of 24 hours. If you smoke a pipe, set it down, don't reload it for 24 hours. Um, in the case of some pipes, I'll let it go longer. My cobs, longer. Cobs are more absorbent than wood is, and um, they tend to hold on to a good amount of moisture. And so if you smoke, uh, you know, twice in a day in a cob, that second bowl might not be as enjoyable uh, as the first one was. So you want to make sure that you um, you take that into consideration. Uh, you you want to give your your pipes a chance to rest. Um, that's why even with newer pipe smokers, you know, okay, if you're only going to smoke one bowl a day, you can start out with one pipe. But when you get to the point where you're smoking more than one bowl in a day, you need multiple pipes. You need to swap those pipes out. And even if you give them 24 hours in between, if you smoke that pipe two or three days in a row, 24 hours isn't enough time to allow all that moisture to evaporate out. So I might, after smoking a pipe two or three days in a row, I may let that pipe sit for three or four days uh, and give it a chance to dry out. Plus, I've got enough pipes. I like to rotate them. Uh, and and what I'm, I'm selecting is based on the tobaccos I'm going to uh, smoke and what catches my eye that day. But you've got to pay attention to the pipe too, 
because as important as the tobacco is to the burn, the pipe's a crucial part of it, and you need to pay attention to that. You know, I already spoke about how wider chambers allow tobaccos to burn better. Um, narrow chambers restrict the airflow, and that slows down the burn. So um, the pipe has a huge impact on the smoking qualities of Um, apparently James agrees with me on, uh, my comments about, uh, about Frenchies and, um, we had, uh, you know, I had a good time making that because I made it for a friend and, uh, it happened to, to work out great. Uh, it is a, uh, base, basically it's a Bay Burper. It's a Virginia Burley Perique blend with uh with that gorgeous uh or uh, that gorgeous bourbon topping if you haven't tried it it's a great change of pace smoke um anyway um we are now available wherever you get your podcast <clears throat> Uh, so go to Apple Music or go to um, Spotify or a number of other um, aggregators of uh, podcasts and look for PNC's Talking Tobacco, not the Live with Russ, just Talking Tobacco. Um, and uh, you can listen to it on your smartphone, smart speaker. You can listen to it in your car if you can um, pair up um, your phone or if you have a way of uh, searching podcasts on your radio. And uh, you can listen to the audio version of this, um, you know, wherever you happen to be. And uh, and uh, we, we uh, are growing and growing with that uh i believe we had somewhere uh in the vicinity of 2500 listens last month which as podcasts go is a drop in the ocean um but at the same time uh for a podcast for a a niche audience like uh like pipe smoking uh, it, uh, that's pretty impressive, and a, a lot of people, um, a lot of people uh, seem to uh, be enjoying it, and it, we keep getting a bigger audience every week. So uh, I thank you for that. Uh, we thank you for for tuning in, and uh, of course now you can share the live stream with that button that's on your screen. Uh, so if you have a buddy and you want to listen to this together and chat while you're watching, um, you can share uh, and uh, and watch it together. So anyway, um, that's uh, that's a lot uh, to to cover, but we did it in a reasonable amount of time, 
Butson. Thank you, Professor Russ. If only school would have been this interesting. Well, you know, it's not interesting because of me. And it's not interesting because I'm telling you anything that other people don't know. It's interesting because you love the pastime. So um, uh, I, I'm glad to, to bring you this. You know, I've only been around this stuff for uh, 47 years now. You know, I have, I have blends that are older than some of our listeners. So um, anyway, um, I, I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll see you back here again next week um, with, with another topic. And then in two weeks, uh, we'll be back with Kane uh, so we can have a discussion about what's on his mind uh, as a newer pipe smoker. Um, and he may uh, come up with questions about things that you may have thought about but never thought to ask. Um, but since he's, he's been at it 52 years, but he's learned more in the last year from me. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. That's, uh, you know, I like to share um, the information because I love the hobby. And uh, I, I like talking to people who do. Um, you know, if you go to a pipe show uh, and in the evening, if they have a smoking area, you're going to find me there. And the odds are pretty good. I'm going to be sitting with a, a friend or a new friend of, who loves pipes and pipe tobacco. And the, the conversations will go uh, very late. I remember one evening at the uh, Chicagoland show when I ran into Chuck Stanion, who was the editor of Pipes and Tobacco's magazine uh, at the time. And he and I sat in the smoking tent and talked until 3.30 in the morning when I had to be at my table at 7.30. Uh, but we, we talked, and, and Chuck is such an interesting guy and so funny. And, um, you know, we turned around at 3.30 and looked around the tent, and there was nobody else there. Uh, and and so uh, we, we thought, well, you know, this might be a good time uh, to go back to our rooms, get a couple of hours sleep anyway, um, before... It was time to get up and get back to the show. Um, it happens. Um, so anyway, uh, thanks for uh, stopping in and, and taking uh, some, an hour out of your week uh, to listen to me ramble. I'm Russ Willett from PipesandCigars.com. Thanks for watching. <laughs>